Hello and welcome to Something Interesting. I'm Albert Berg, and today's interesting thing is going to be a riff on something that I was taught relatively recently. Now, I have just, at the moment of this recording, today, ended my employment as a prison guard. I was not a prison guard for very long, about two months. And as part of my training to become a prison guard, I was asked to sit in a room and listen to a man give a series of lectures on what prison guard life was going to be like. I listened to these lectures. I was not expecting much of them when I went into this. You have to understand, I'm going to be in this room for eight hours a day listening to somebody talk about being a prison guard. That sounded like it was going to be pretty mind-numbing to me. But, as it turned out, this was one of my favorite educational experiences of my life. This trainer at the prison had so much information to share, and some of it was specific to the job. Some of it was, here are some things that you are going to see being done wrong. Here's how you should do them. Here's what you should not give into. You will see people cutting corners. Don't do that. But some of the information was a lot more general, a lot more applicable across everyday life. And one of the things that he said was something that struck me as almost revolutionary. And I was shocked when I realized the source of this quote, because I didn't recognize it at first. He said, Agree with your enemy quickly, lest he take you and cast you into prison. Now, this dude is a prison guard. He's sitting there training other prison guards how to do their job. And I'm sitting there thinking, that sounds like an amazing quote. I wonder where it came from. And I raised my hand and I said, what is that from? Who said that? And he said, that's from the Bible, bucko. Now, I've been in church literally my whole life. I've heard and read a lot of Bible verses, and yet somehow this one had escaped me. Now, in my very minor defense, like this is the weakest defense that you could even put up on this front, he did not quote the verse exactly. I, I, I have it here in front of me now. It's Matthew 5.25, and in the King James Version, this verse reads, Agree with thine adversary quickly, Whiles thou art in the way with him, lest at any time the adversary deliver thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer, and thou be cast into prison. Like I said, that line of defense is kind of weak sauce, because the idea of this verse, this quote from Jesus' teaching in Mark, or I'm sorry, in Matthew, is relatively important. It's something that should be learned, 
by anybody who's studying the teachings of Jesus. And yet somehow I had gone my entire life without knowing this verse, without even knowing the basic contents of this verse. And hearing it in this context from this person really helped me to understand what this verse was about. I don't know that just reading this verse in the past would have given me the insight into what it actually meant. But in this context, not only did I learn something from the Bible that I should have already known because I've studied it, I don't want to say extensively because that's not true, but more than the average person probably has. And the idea behind this verse is that we are almost primed to raise our hackles when somebody comes at us with some kind of criticism. And I want to be clear here because the verse is clear. In this context, the person who is coming at us with the criticism is not our friend. This is not someone who's coming to us and saying, hey, this is stupid. Your hair looks stupid or whatever. This is the adversary. This is somebody who does not have your best interests at heart, who is trying to tear you down. And Jesus' advice for how to deal with this person is to agree with them. And not just agree with them, agree with them quickly, like Right there, while you're in the way, while you're standing there talking to them, say, yeah, you know what? You're right. Now, why does Jesus give this advice? What is he saying? Is there not some situation where you would need to stand up for some belief, where you would need to argue your your point with your adversary? And I would say, yes, probably there are situations where that is the case. But the kernel of the verse is saying, do not let yourself get that bowed up, angry, reactionary thing that happens when somebody comes up to criticize you. And I'm saying you in this context, because I'm talking to you as a listener, but in this I am fully aware that I do not practice this perfectly, even though I have thought about it ever since I was told about this verse and sort of had it expounded to me by this guy who was teaching us about being in the prison. I'm obviously not perfect at making this call every single time. But what he was saying to us, what our trainer was saying and how he was interpreting what Jesus was saying is that, listen, somebody's going to come up to you and give you a hard time, and maybe you didn't deserve it. Maybe they've got some biting word of criticism that you legit do not have to take, right? You, You actually did do that work. You actually were on top of that check. You actually did just absolutely go as hard as you could that day and left nothing on the floor and for them to come at you and say you didn't do it right they're wrong right but even in the incident 
where that is the case, where there is actually literally nothing you can learn from your adversary, which may not be true, you may need to be humble and say, oh, you know what? There actually is a kernel of truth to what this person is saying. I have some things I need to learn. I could have done that better. But even if that's not literally the case, you should still not stand there and argue with this person. Let it go. Because unless you are arguing for something greater than yourself, and I think that there is a distinction to be made there, and I'll, I'll make it from a different verse in Matthew, uh, just a little bit further down the line in a minute, unless you are trying to protect something greater than yourself, if, if all you are doing is just making sure your ego is defended from this criticism that you've received, you are doing yourself a disservice. You're building up a problem where none needs to exist. You are reacting. You are allowing your thoughts about how this person is acting now to control you. When you react like this to criticism, whether it is just or unjust, you are now becoming controlled by this other person. When you do not agree with them, when you say, you're wrong and here's why, I'm right, I have all the facts, I've got the science on my side, so take your little thing you have to say and shove it. What have you done? What have you won? Does it feel good, maybe, in that specific moment? Sure, you're going to get that little rush of, yeah, I told him. I got him good. But what have you built? Probably nothing. So why not just agree? Agree with your adversary. Don't let your ego become the thing that is your weak point. If you become so puffed up that you cannot take a criticism. Because here's the thing. The, the criticism could be true. In which case, hey, deal with it. Fix it. You actually could get better. Or the criticism could be false. In which case, no skin off your back or nose or however that phrase goes. You're fine. The person doesn't know what they're talking about. If you stand there and argue with them, all you're doing is just digging yourself into a hole. You're making them more of an enemy than they already were. And nothing is accomplished. They do not... No one comes away from those kinds of conversations thinking, wow, you know what? I really respect that person now. I thought they were slacking off. I thought they maybe thought the wrong thing or, or they had done this task the wrong way. But now that they've argued with me, I, feel, I have a great feeling about them. Just agree and get out of there. It almost feels like a lie, right? That That's the the kind of criticism you might come up with if you were looking for like, well, you shouldn't do this, right? Because, well, if you agree with their criticism, or, or and it's not even criticism necessarily. They might say, oh, man, the sky sure is green today. Unless there's a good reason should you stop and get in that argument about like, well, no, actually, man, the sky's blue. No, just say, sure is, beautiful shade of green, and keep walking. Now, what is the end of this verse about? Because, again, the context of this is 
that you will be thrown into prison. And I learned this from a prison guard. You could tell why it was poignant to him and why it stuck with him in a way that it didn't stick with me. Because he's working in a prison for something like 20 years. He knows what it's like to be in prison. He's the guy keeping people in prison. He for sure doesn't want to go there. And the prison that I think is being discussed here is really not a real prison. Now, maybe it is. Maybe maybe you can have a interpretation of this where Jesus is speaking about, you know, hey, you actually, if you get into a, the kind of argument that uh, you you know you're ta- we're talking about here with somebody who actually has power, right? Like, it's, let's put it in the context of a uh, someone in the area talking back to a Roman soldier, right? The Roman soldier is the adversary. You don't like him. He says something to you. And we're going to see that later on in the passage, that is the context of some of what Jesus is talking about. But regardless, you're going to now argue with that person. And if that person is powerful enough in the context of what Jesus is saying, maybe they legit do just throw you into prison. That actually physically happens because you've argued with the wrong person. You screamed at the cop about how you weren't speeding and how it's unjust and you're going to have your constitutional rights. And the cop finds a reason, you know, right or wrong to do something to you because you've been super, super unpleasant to him. That, that would could have been the context of the day. But let's let's take it on a more metaphorical level. Because maybe not, right? Maybe we're not going to be in danger of being thrown into literal prison every single time we disagree with someone we might think of as an enemy. However, we're still thrown into a mental prison. We are still now locked into defining ourselves by the opposite of what this person has said. And that mental prison can be just as effective and just as debilitating as being in actual physical prison. In fact, many of the things that we don't even think about in our lives are mental barriers that we allow ourselves to deal with, that we just sort of accept as part of the fabric of daily life and it doesn't necessarily have to be that way it might tend to be that way but we have choices that we sometimes do not make because we don't understand how important it is to get those choices right so the the prison here if it is not literal prison can still be the figurative prison of being locked into anger and strife and having made more of an enemy than you already had. Whereas you could have just said, yeah, yes, sir. I, I accept that. I agree with you moved along with your life and nobody would have had to be unhappy. You, you didn't have to, to, to put up a fight. The person who said the thing to you now walks away from it thinking maybe nothing, right? If you just said, yeah, okay, my hair looks terrible today. What, what, what is that person going to do with that? If they're your enemy, if they're your adversary, the person who is trying to hurt you and cut you down and told you something 
negative about yourself or about what you were doing. And you said, yeah, you know what? You're right. Well, if they were trying to hurt you, you've just taken away their ammunition. If you let them hurt you, they've put you into the prison. And in this same chapter, there's another intriguing verse. And this one I do know off of the top of my head, at least, you know, the shape of it. Not all the exact words sometimes get jumbled up. But in Matthew 5.39, remember the previous verse was 5.25, so we're only a little bit further down the line here. Jesus says, I say unto you that ye resist not evil. Now that one's buck wild, right? If, if agreeing with your adversary was one level that you could have where you said, okay, fine, I won't. I won't argue with this person. I'll, I'll let them go. I'll just say, fine, okay, whatever, and I'll move on with my life so I don't get cast into prison. Resist not evil is like a whole nother level. You know, this is like taking your video game life level and putting it up to hard. Resist not evil? What are you talking about? And again, there's some obvious quote-unquote objections to this. This does not mean that evil in the world should just be allowed to continue. Obviously, Jesus did not believe that, right? That was one of his whole deals. Most famously, well, maybe not most famously. (laughs) Most famously, he gets nailed to a cross to try to get rid of evil and rises again on the third day. But somewhat famously also is the incident where he drives the money changers out of the prison and says, thou shalt not make my father's house a den of merchandise. Probably misquoting that a little bit, but you get the drift of the idea. Jesus does believe in rising up for righteous causes and doing something about it. He does actually believe in resisting evil, but I think what he's saying here is that You don't resist that evil for yourself. You don't resist the things that are evil to you. Because when you do that, you are now locked into that prison of the soul, of the mind, that we were already talking about in 525, where you are now angered. By this, if you are resisting in your soul, if you if you rise up within yourself and say, No, this is I will not put up with this. That person did evil to me. I need to resist them. Then you're in that prison. I believe there is a Buddhist saying, although I might it might not be directly Buddhist, but I've heard it in sort of the meditation Buddhist-esque circles um, that you cannot be hurt if you do not allow yourself to be hurt. Actually, it might be stoicism. Haven't done the research on that one to have it in front of me for this episode. But the point is that being hurt, being damaged, being wronged is for yourself within your mind. It is an idea that exists inside your thoughts. And so if you can choose not to be hurt, if you can choose not to be wronged, regardless of the external circumstances, you can escape 
from this prison. You can escape from this idea that your enemy has some power over you because you don't have to resist them. You don't have to prove anything to them. The first part of this verse is so radical, right? The resist not evil part. And I think most people are familiar more so with the second part of the verse. I didn't read the whole thing earlier, but I will continue now. Because it says, resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. And again, you can see this as some kind of super pacifist language. That there is never anything worth defending with violence. That there's never anything worth getting in an actual or even verbal fight over. But I don't think that's what Jesus is necessarily saying because he doesn't always turn the other cheek. There are times when injustices are being done on a larger scale that he speaks out against them. He speaks out against people who are hypocrites. He speaks out against people who are manipulating the poor, right? The this is a tangent, but the parable of the widow's might is not about how great the widow is so much as it is that the, those men in the temple with all of those riches allowed someone to practice their religion so completely that they gave everything away. And yet the men who had the wealth to help this person out didn't do anything for her. That's, that's maybe not, an exact reading of it, but we're skipping over that idea. But Jesus would stand up to that kind of evil. He would look at the oppression of others and say, this is wrong. This is damaging to the world. This needs to stop. Up to and including physical violence. Again, to go back to the scourging of the temple. Dude makes a whip. Makes a whip doesn't go buy a whip, right? Sits down with a rope and starts tying knots in it for who knows how long. I don't know if he puts anything in those knots. Maybe he like gets some little rocks and braids them into the strings. And he really puts the workmanship into this whip that he then uses to whack some dudes who are doing wrong in the world. But what Jesus does not do is buckle up against people who are being mean to him. He will answer them. He will try, in some cases, to persuade them. And again, that's you can, you can look at all of these things and say, well, they're not complete absolutes because you have to consider them in the context of everything else that goes around them. But Jesus doesn't get offended when people come up to him and say, you aren't who you say you are. You aren't actually a good man. You are healing these people through the power of Beelzebub. Jesus answers them, but he does not fight them. He is not in some kind of angry confrontation saying, how dare you say that I, I consort with Beelzebub. That's not true. His answers are always about something larger than himself. And I think that that's a valuable and interesting idea. 
an idea that everybody can put to use in their own lives to, to make them just a little better because there's always going to be that person, whether intentionally or through ignorance or maybe just because you're thin-skinned who has said something that you can't take or that you don't want to take. Again, it could be not deserved or it might be deserved. But either way, it's worth considering, should I get into a fight with this? Should I be angry with this person who has said something wrong to me? Or should I agree with my adversary quickly while I'm still in the way? Lest they take me to the judge and the officer bind me and cast me into prison. I know where I want to be and it's not in prison. Anyway, that's my interesting thing for today. I hope that you guys enjoyed it. If you did, tell somebody about this podcast, and I'll see you guys next time with another something interesting. Take care.